Look in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's a Captain Marvel review on this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hi, I'm Tim, and I'm joined by... Travis. And John Dodson. And in this episode, we are reviewing the new Marvel film, Captain Marvel. Two words. But first, a little bit about what we've been playing and what we've been watching. John, would you like to kick it off this time? Thank you, Tim. I would love to. So I'm going to start off with first what I've been watching, and we'll start with some Netflix content. The first is a Netflix film called Triple Frontier, and it's the latest Ben Affleck and Oscar Isaac joint. It's a movie about soldiers who were formerly soldiers, and now they're sort of adapting to their new life outside of the armed services. Oscar Isaac is continuing um, as a hired gun mercenary in a uh, South American country, uh, and he's hunting down a drug lord in the beginning. And then basically it becomes Oscar Isaac wanting to get his old team back together. So he tries to enlist Ben Affleck and his other friends to basically take this drug lord down. I would put Triple Frontier in as a movie that is like, unlike movies that you make now, it's definitely a solid action movie, but it feels a lot like an old 80s and 90s action film. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger or Stallone would have totally been in these movies back in the 80s and 90s, and now we've got Affleck and... Oscar Isaac here. Now, it's not that this machismo kind of thing like those old films like Predator or um, Running Man. It's a lot, but it's got sort of a modern flair to it. And it's just a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really glad it's on Netflix. Really easy to watch. It it says something, too, about people that have been in the armed services, you know, and um, they don't in, in their careers, they don't quite hit the heights that they did maybe when they were surfing. And I think that it it says a lot about that. And I really, really appreciated sort of its voice and how it sort of talked about that. And it's a really cool sort of heist slash um, how are we going to pull this thing off movie. The actors are incredible. Um, the, there's one actor in particular, and I don't remember his name. Travis is going to Google this now. But the guy who's going to be in Netflix's Mandalorian or sorry, Disney's Mandalorian He's the actor who's going to play um, the Mandalorian there. He's uh, a pilot in this movie, and he's fantastic. So, you know, I've seen him in other movies, too. And based on his performance here, I am really, really excited for the Mandalorian. That's in great hands. You're so talking Travis about Pedro Wynn, Pascal? Pedro Pascal's the nice. guy, and he's fantastic. And he, like I say, he's going to do a fantastic job in the Mandalorian because he's on point in Triple Frontier. So another Netflix a uh, TV show that I've been watching with my wife is called Trigger Warning with Killer Mike. It's in the style of well, if you've seen the uh, the documentary movie Super Size Me um, and that 
documentary maker went on to do a TV show where he'd sort of put himself in a situation for 30 days and, you know, you could kind of explore this, you know, concept. Um, and it's very similar. Trigger warning with Killer Mike is very similar to that in a way where Killer Mike will talk about some very timely social topic and sort of explore it. He's got six episodes on Netflix right now. One of them, which is really fun, was it's called White Gang Privilege. And it's about how you've got this biker gang called Hell's Angels who, you know, they've gotten in fights with the police. They're a dangerous, you know, you know, sort of gang, except they have this really cool reputation in the United States of America and they actually are a corporation and they sell merchandise. And he thinks that gangs, other street gangs should have the same, you know, they should make a corporation and sell stuff too. So he, um, he meets up with the Crips and the, um, and he sells and he tries to get them to create Cripacola and sell it, um, to try to get the Crips to form a business to start marketing their gang, just like Hell's Angels, right? So it's a really fun episode and really eye opening. And it definitely is all about how people think about gangs. Killer Mike likes to refer to the Crips and the Bloods as street fraternities, um, you know, who sell drugs and they also, um, you know, sort of take care of their community. Sometimes, obviously, you know, ends in violence, not always, actually. So I think that it's a really interesting way to look at it. You know, he doesn't seem to think that there's too much of a distinction between Hell's Angels and the Crips and the Bloods, yet because of America and how we view black people, um, that we view Crips and Bloods much more negatively than Hell's Angels, which most people view in sort of a positive way. So I think it's a great show, actually. And if you and there are some episodes where the trigger warning name is very apt, you know, so watch it, <laughs> you know, watch it. Uh, with a bit of a warning, but I think it's great. So um, I was also flying recently and I saw Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald on the flight. Have any of y'all seen this one? I really haven't. No, I did actually. Yeah. And I thought it was bad. And if I thought, <laughs> um, so I turned it off after five minutes because five minutes. About, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was done. I was done. So, did you see the first one, Fantastic Beasts? Yeah, I loved I it. I did. I thought it was okay. great. Spoiler alert for Fantastic Beasts. At the end of Fantastic Beasts, the, the there's a kid and he dies who's got, you know, magical powers and that kind of thing. And he dies. Except in the first five minutes of this movie, they bring him back to life and they don't explain it. Right? What? And they just try. Yeah, and they try. I'm, that's not even really a huge spoiler. I mean, I it's like in the first five minutes. And after that point, they just start retconning this and the movie's kind of a mess. And I'm just like, I'm done. So I just turned it off. Um, I didn't really like Fantastic Beats very much. And I'm like, OK, Crimes of Grindelwald. Give me a reason to get back in. I, I was so bored. I just and I was eye rolling so hard. I almost went blind. So I just kind of turned it off. I don't know. What do you think, Tim? Maybe you thought a little bit better of it than I did. Okay, well, I didn't start this episode thinking I'd be trying to defend Crimes of Grindelwald, which is a difficult <laughs> thing to defend. Um, but I will say this. If you watch the end of Fantastic Beasts, they do show that he doesn't actually die. They basically they hint very heavily that he he escapes as his obscurest self. And if you watch the movie, knowing that at the end, you see where he basically gets away. 
So that may very well be. I yes. I, I saw Fantastic so, Beasts in the theater. Having, having said that, you know, right. you know, uh, yeah, it's it's a rough movie. I, I went in like I liked the first one a lot. I went into this one really wanting to like it. And by the time I left the theater, I was just kind of like, huh? Well, <laughs> that was a thing. <laughs> it's it's a bit of a mess. Yeah, they're they tried to introduce a lot of different like storylines. And I know that they're planning like five movies in this series. And it's difficult to be excited for the next one because the second one was pretty bad. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I don't want to give spoilers away because this isn't like our full review episode. But if you're fans of the Harry Potter books, there's things that this movie introduces that anybody who's like cares about the canon of Harry Potter is going to be very upset with. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. See, I've been waiting to watch this because I heard so many bad things about it and I just I wanted to watch it until you said that. Wow. <laughs> well, maybe maybe you should watch it and then we'll do like a review of it together. <laughs> okay. It just came out on video and I've been meaning to like rewatch it and hope that maybe on a second viewing I have a better thought of it, but I'm a little a little scared, you know. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe we'll do like another episode after we've both had a chance to kind of watch it. Mia rewatching you a first time. So if I look over my shoulder, I see a Harry Potter and a Deathly Hollows poster. Because I stood in line the night the book came out in midnight to get it. Yes. And I took one of the boxes where I don't know if you guys remember this. It was unlike anything in culture. I don't think we've seen anything like it where people were lining up for a book. They're like late. And I got a box because UPS had to have these boxes and they had to have them watched where it says do not open before and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and because they didn't want spoilers. Getting I still have right. that box. By yeah. the way, I took one of them and um, I, I love Harry Potter. I've got the books I've. You know, we read um, Fantastic. I may have the Fantastic Beasts book. You know, I've got the other book that she released, too, that was kind of outside the canon a little bit, which was um, the Deathly Hollows book, which is really good. So I love Harry Potter. I like the movies a lot. You know, I think Alfonso Cuaron's movies are his movie is the best, you know, um, but I love that. I love the books. I am a huge Potter fan. I'm done with this series, I think. So, I mean, maybe I'll watch another one, but it's just it's not good. And I know I, you know, it's just, it's like, there's so many great things out there for me and I, and I don't dislike it. I'm not angry. I just, it's like a choice I have to make like, okay, well I have other things I'd rather do. So sorry. <laughs> I wish they were, I wish it was good. It just wasn't. And well, let's go to a movie that I did think was good though. Bad times at the El Royale was another movie I saw on the flight and it's fan freaking tastic. So Drew Goddard directed this. He also directed Cabin in the Woods, which was the first movie he directed, which is fan freaking tastic as well. And he also wrote Drumroll, please. Cloverfield, Cabin in the Woods, The Martian screenplay and World War Z. So the guy is no slouch. And this movie is incredible. Uh, I don't want to say a lot about it, but it's it's fun. It's got Chris Hemsworth in a role that you don't see him in very much. And it's just really, really good. It's a very Coen Brothers-esque 
So if you like that style, check it out. It's not a good feelings kind of movie, but the ending isn't bad. So yeah, Bad Times at the El Royale was a good time for me. I need to watch that really badly. I've wanted to watch it for a while now. I need to find it. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I would definitely seek it out. Um, so I'm going to close things up real quick with what I've been playing. So I've been playing Mega Man 11. You can see my review on that. I finally got to the Wily stage, which I'm the first one, which I'm still trying to beat. It's real hard, but it's real fun. So Mega Man 11, I'm going to just keep chipping away on that on the Switch. And then finally, Elder Scrolls Blades came out and I got into the beta. I have been playing that a lot. I am going to do a more formal review very soon of it. Um, TLDR, it's a pay to win. Game (laughs) full stop. No question about it. In fact, um, well, it is. There's no question. I mean, so is Fallout Shelter. Right. You could buy loot boxes like or what were they lunch boxes? Right. To to, you know, to make it easier. But it's full stop pay to win. No question about it. That said, can you play it without doing any of that stuff? Absolutely. Is it still fun? Absolutely. Um, They want you to pay for this, you know, gems currency to make opening treasure chests faster and do things that take a long time. However, if you play the game like you should be playing like a mobile game, you can just wait and that's fine. It's totally fine. But if you don't want to wait, you can pay and you can pay a lot. In fact, they have a $99 gem set. It's like 14K gems for a hundred and for $99 and 99 cents. That's a lot of gems, but make no mistake. This is a pay to win game. Is it a, is it a good elder scrolls game? I would say it really is. Actually, it's very simple. If you wanted Skyrim on your phone, you're not going to get it. But if you wanted like a game where you have a city that you're, you basically, it was destroyed and you're rebuilding it. And you're gathering materials to do that. And you go basically to infinite dungeons to do that. And there are quests and that kind of thing. Then, yeah, the games, it's going to be for you. The music, I I think they got Jeremy Soleil back. Or they used Skyrim music. It's fantastic. The music is incredible. The graphics are really good for a phone. I have the iPhone XS Max. And it looks superb. And and the the audio is really good. Um, It takes a little while to get used to moving your character around. You can tap to move and then they have like um, like sort of fake thumbsticks, which I'm getting a lot better at. But um, this was one of the games I was most stoked for this year. And I would say it hasn't disappointed, but the pay to win grind is a little annoying. It's about as annoying as Fallout Shelter. So if you really played that game and sort of like that, then this is exactly it's very similar to that, except they just kind of dialed up the waiting and the pay to win up just a little bit. They're going to make a ton of money on this game. This game is going to be really, really popular. And if it's anything like Fallout Shelter, it's going to continue and they're going to add even more to it. And I can't even wait what that's going to be. They haven't there's an arena mode that's not even in there yet, which is going to be you could play. You could fight other people. So that's really going to have people really buy the legendary stuff, you know, because you can buy a legendary sword straight up in this game in the shop. And it's the best sword, according to people. So just buying it straight up 10 bucks legendary sword totally pay to win is it bad no do you have to no you can just play it and have fun you don't have to do any of that stuff so i think that games where you can ignore that is good but when you add like an arena mode and then you're like ten dollars for a legendary sword it's like well you can just pay that 10 bucks and win all the time so i don't know 
I don't really care about, you know, that kind of thing, pay to win, but it totally is. So have you guys played Elder Scrolls Blades yet? I have not. Yeah, I can't wait to see what you and Travis are going to think of it. And that's what I've been playing and what I've been watching. All right, Travis, what about you? Well, uh, to jump right off, I did play a little bit of Elder Scrolls Blades. Um, So, John, I have a question for you. You mentioned that it was like you hit a like a point where you had to wait or pay. Is that like like almost a full gameplay halt unless you wait or pay? Or is that like no? Okay. No, it's not. So uh, I'm going to talk about all of the stuff in my review on the site. But sure. Essentially, what happens is um, there are a couple reasons. There are three things that I know of where you can wait. One is when you get a chest in the game. So you can find chests and you can get them from um, beating quests and stuff. So there's three chests that I know of. There's a wooden chest, a silver chest and a golden chest. Wooden chest, you can tap it and it opens in about five seconds. The silver chest opens in about an hour and 30 minutes. And then the gold chest opens in about six hours. That's waiting. You can pay the um, gems currency to open it faster or you can just wait the time. So that's one of the waiting things. Do you want me to talk about the other ones or? Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Cool. The other waiting is when you're rebuilding your town. So if you're just building a house to get, you know, to get like um, the prestige of your town up so you can build like an apoc three or apothecary um you just wait like for a house it's like um 10 minutes but for an apothecary it's like two an hour or something you can pay gems to just speed that up um what other waiting oh (laughs) this is funny this isn't like pay to speed it up it's pay to complete it there's a quest you can pay 100 gems to do it and beat it for you (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, why play oh. the game when you can just pay us money, right? You can give right. them $100 for 14 K gems and you can just play, win this, win this. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. You can collect gems in the game. I've got about 120 right now. I don't use them. Although I did use them for a couple things. I use the gems to upgrade my ability to store chests, right? To get more, to be able to carry more chests and then hold more loot. It's like 10 gems to do that. And you can find gems in the game. It's just, You're not going to find a lot of them, but you're going to occasionally get some gems. So, yeah, you can pay to speed it up. I would never pay to speed anything up. I'd only pay to increase my loot stash and my treasure chest stash. And that's all the that's all the pay stuff to speed it up that I know of so far. Okay, so that's not terrible. I was kind of afraid when you hit when you said that, because I've mentioned on a couple of things on the site before that, like once you get a halt in your progress and it's like either wait 12 hours or pay some money to get past it, that I just kind of check out and say, yeah, I'm done with this game. So that's 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 good. But I I didn't I didn't see that you could. In fact, you can just keep doing quests over and over and over again. And like, I don't think there's an end to the job board quests. And you can just go into the abyss and keep going lower and lower and lower and lower and fighting. So you can just keep playing and playing and playing the game. Oh, just cool. make sure you're repairing your stuff and all that. Right. Yeah, I played enough of this game to think, yeah, I really want to wait for this to come out on PC before I play it. Because the the tap to move and the kind of like swiping over, like holding to attack people yeah, was... takes a while. Eh, yep. Yeah, it was kind of annoying. And I would prefer a mouse and keyboard control for this. So I think I'm going to hold out until it releases for PC. But you know what I saw of it was pretty good. I mean, the graphics for, I have the same model of phone that you do exactly. And it was really good for, you know, 
considering that you're playing this on a phone, it was stellar. But I like where they're going with it. I just want better controls for it. So I'm going to hold out. It's going to be incredible on the PC. It really yeah. will be. It'll be yeah. incredible. If you can just mouse and keyboard, it's going to be a great game. It'll be a little simple, I think. But And speaking of games that are exclusive to the Bethesda launcher, um, I'm still playing the hell out of Fallout 76. Um, they keep adding new things and... You know, it's it's not much yet, but they've added some stuff recently that are they're really cool things they've added. Like they had this all right, so in Helvetia, West Virginia, there's a tradition called the Fosnacht Parade. Uh Fosnacht Day is like this it uh, uh history lesson here briefly, Helvetia was settled by Swiss immigrants. And so they brought a lot of customs over from that and the Fasnacht is part of that. So there's like a ton of recipes and masks and stuff you can learn. So this was a week long event that took place. You could just keep running this event over and over again. And I saw probably more people playing that, like more people in the same place at the same time than I have since the game launched. Uh, It was really cool to see that. I mean, the rewards were all cosmetic or camp related, like things you can build in your camp or these crazy masks you can wear. But it was just really great to see that many people show up and like march along in the parade. And then a lot of kind of community spirit with sharing spare drops and stuff like that. It was just like it was kind of an example of how the game could be in the sense of like people coming together to help each other out. Uh, they also added this like drunkard robot who t- teaches you how to make all these alcoholic beverages, which is kind of fun. It's, you know, maybe five minutes a day to really do what he can do for you. But it, it's, it's, it's interesting, but they're adding a lot more stuff in the coming months. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with it. Um, it's like, we talked about in previous episodes, this game launched as kind of a mess and they've, they've come back from that quite a bit. It's pretty good now. Still a ton of problems that they're working on, but it's, it's pretty good. Uh, I also started, I haven't played much of it, but I started devil may cry five on the PS four and Oh man, it is so good so far. Um, there was a little bit of controversy over the DMC kind of half reboot. They did, with a different studio handling it a few years back. Um, I personally liked that one. I've liked all of them except for the second one. Probably the second one was okay, but not as good, but this one is shaping up to be right there with the best of them. Um, the graphics on the PS4 are beautiful and really smooth. Like the frame rate is super high and, all the action is as you would expect from a Devil May Cry game. It's just insanely stylish action, and it's it's amazing. Uh, I also played a little bit uh, more of um, New Super Mario Brothers Two on the Switch. Um, yeah, or sorry, what was it? New Super Mario Brothers U? I can't remember what they call that thing. Anyway, it's a, it's still it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm not sure I would say that it's as good as the one on the switch at this point. I, I kind of feel like they refined a lot of stuff really well for this one, but uh, the one on the Wii was, I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that it's more of the same, that it's kind of pulling it down. But the one on the Wii was kind of a breath of fresh air to see the, the 2d Mario come back. But yeah, I'm still really enjoying it, 
but it just feels a little samey after a while. Um, as you guys probably know, I've been playing a ton of Ag Incorporated, and I decided, you know, I'm kind of running out of stuff to do on this. Hey, I'll try out this other game, Adventure Capitalist. And holy crap, it's more of the same kind of super addictive incremental idler gameplay, and it's really good. If you haven't played it, it's out on, like, iOS, Android, PC, a few other places. It's great. Um, it's, like I said, it's basically the same gameplay loop. You buy stuff so that you can buy more stuff so that you can buy more stuff. And for some reason, that is such an addictive loop. I love it. I need to stop playing any incremental idler game because I get so hooked on them. <laughs> yeah, I've played it. It's really fun. It, it's really fun. And you're right. It is very similar to that. I, I think the core um, feel of Egg Inc. is more fun than Adventure Capitalist. But I yeah. but I think Adventure Capitalist is really cool, too. And I think that to get to do an an idle game or a clicker game like that, you need to have a really fun hook. And you need to have progression that makes, you know, it's quick enough, but not too quick. Agreed. Know? Yeah. I feel like um, Adventure Capitalist kind of slows down harder than Egg Incorporated. And that's kind of why I prefer Egg. But yeah, it's still a lot of fun. I'm basically, you know, I just check in like three or four times a day. I don't it's not a game that you play and you sit down and play like hours at a time. But yeah, a lot of fun if you're looking for something to kill some time in the shopping, like in the checkout line, definitely check that out. Um, as for what we've been watching, we've kind of had a laser focus because there are two things coming up soon. The last season of game of Thrones is premiering in a couple weeks now. And Avengers Endgame is coming at the end of April. And we've been trying to get through, like do a rewatch of game of Thrones and a rewatch of the MCU and we're, we're doing pretty well on those. Um, speaking of uh, Pedro Pascal, we just kind of watched the part where Pedro Pascal dies a very horrible death in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Was, uh, that was pretty gruesome. Yes, it was. But I love this show so much. Um, I can't wait to see what they do with it question travis yes well maybe for you and tim so i've seen like a maybe one episode of of game of thrones my my goal is to wait till the show's over and then buy it on amazon all of it they have game of thrones packs now for like a hundred bucks or it goes on sale for sixty dollars you can get all of them on blu-ray and digital and that sounds like a killer deal i'm just waiting until they're all done yeah. What do you guys think about that? I mean, because then I could just watch them at my own leisure and it would have to wait. Does that sound like a pretty good idea or should I get into the show now? And then because I don't really care about watching it when it's, you know, like a hot trending thing. I sort of waited till Breaking Bad was over and I just watched it all, at, you know, on Netflix. And I thought that was fine for me. Yeah. At this point, you've got like the last season is going to be six episodes long. So like end of may it's going to be finished so you might as well just wait until you can get all of it yeah i agree if you've made it this long then i don't see why you wouldn't hold off until you can just binge the whole series <clears throat> the only caveat i would throw in there is that uh be wary of spoilers oh, i have yes. a feeling that well, travis just told one right now so yeah travis apparently just let, i shouldn't let loose get a, too yeah. big on one. pedro Sorry about that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Well, everyone says stuff about the red wedding and this and that. I mean, yeah. it's really hard to avoid the memes and stuff. 
Um, and, and, but I don't think that's going to make it a bad show. Oh no, uh, but it's hard to, no, no, it's not going to, it's not going to ruin the series for you. It's still a great series, but if spoilers are important to you, then just be wary. Cause I have a feeling that once this wraps up, everybody's going to be talking about it. Oh yeah, I agree. Including you guys. So yes. Yeah. I I will say like I had, I won't say what it is, but the end of season one, I had that entirely spoiled for me, which sucked. Um, (laughs) And also, you mentioned the red wedding. I won't say which wedding it is. There's a ton of weddings in the show. So, um, yeah, feel free to ignore anything about that since you don't know which one it is. But I had specifics about that one spoiled as well. So I like this was before I ever watched a single episode of it. So it's still very enjoyable, even if you know the spoilers. Yeah, I bet it is. Thank you. Sure. Um, Yeah, like I said, I've been also watching the... um, like we're going through another MCU rewatch and uh, I think I'm about at the point where you were last time we recorded Tim. So I just finished up uh, Thor two. So I've seen Iron Man three and I'm ready to answer your question, John. Iron Man three is much better than Iron Man two. I still don't think much it's better, as, yeah. I still don't think it's as good as the first one, but it's actually probably close. I think if you discount the fact that Iron Man one was the first MCU movie, I think you can make a pretty good case that it's very close to Iron Man one, but Iron Man three is fantastic. And I'm glad you agree because it's almost forgotten about and it's so good. Yeah. And like I said before, I have, I had watched that movie for the third time a few days ago literally knowing nothing that was coming except for that one fight at the end with all the suits and the construction site or the shipping depot or whatever that was like, that's all I remembered from it, but it was, it was good. I don't know why I basically forgot about it. And then we watched, um, Thor, the dark world. And I remembered exactly why I forgotten that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The movie's okay. It's okay. No, it's fine. It's, it's, it's really not bad. It's just kind of generic and not, that interesting i guess i mean it's fine but i felt like loki was super overdone by that point and i might have been put off a little bit by that because he was the villain in thor one he was the villain right in right avengers, avengers yeah. and then he comes back around and he's kind of a villain in this and you know the whole reveal at the end where he's right. spoiler alert if you haven't seen thor the dark world and you care to watch it he comes out at the end as like pretending to be um shit what's thor's dad's name odin odin yes if you saw thor ragnarok you know what's going down right right (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah cool yeah i think that might have been part of it i was kind of sick of loki at that point but yeah yeah i definitely agree with you the iron man 3 is underrated by far i mean the critic reviews of it are higher than thor than iron man 2 but still not i feel like the fans kind of forget about it and i'm kind of wondering if it was because there was a bit of uh you know, post Avengers slump there where people were kind of cooling to it for a minute before they got back to it. I don't know, but yeah, really enjoyed it this time through. And that's about it for me. All right. So for what I've been playing, um, really the only game I've sunk any time into recently of note is, uh, this little indie game it's been around for a long time but i've only just now started playing it for the first time uh let's see here what's it called um the eldar scrolls skyrim (laughs) (laughs) yeah you might have heard of that one 
It's been released on pretty much every platform on the planet. Including Alexa. Including Alexa, yes. And I recently started playing it for the very first time. I gotta say, so far, it's living up to the hype. I am really having fun with it. I've put in maybe about 25 hours. I don't have Steam open right now, or I double-check. But um, I just got to High Hrothgar, I think is how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. It's got all these difficult-to-pronounce areas. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so I've killed my first two dragons. I've gotten some of my shouts, and I'm trying really hard not to do what I did with Oblivion and get so distracted by side quests that I completely neglect the main storyline until I get burnt out of the game. So I'm trying to be really good and just focus on the main storyline to see if I can actually get through it. And so far, I've been pretty good. (laughs) See, most people uh, would tell you that the way to play the game is to kind of ignore the main storyline until you're through with the side quest but if if that didn't work for you with oblivion then yeah you should just focus on the main quest well and part of part of my problem with oblivion is that the leveling system was pretty awful in oh, my it's opinion really at least. bad it's really so bad. skyrim is much better and i'm i don't have to worry about accidentally leveling the wrong thing and permanently gimping my character you know it's i'm having a much easier time planning out my character and i don't feel like I've accidentally wasted any levels or anything. Uh, As for what I've been watching, uh, my wife and I just recently binged uh, the most recent season of Archer. They released that on Hulu, and so we watched all of uh, Archer Danger Island. And I know it's been a little divisive with some of the fans about these kind of like themed seasons. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's hilarious. And I especially liked this last season. Um, I want to do a special shout out to uh, the character of Krieger. They made him a talking <laughs> parrot. <laughs> and it yes, was, they did. It was hilarious. And that joke never got old for me. <laughs> I really do want to know if the guy's ever going to wake up from the coma or not. Like, are we just going to keep having theme seasons and they're all taking place in his head or what? But at the same time, I don't care because they're hilarious. So, yeah. Yeah, it, I've been enjoying the themed seasons and i i hope the series keeps going for a while longer i think it was planned to end after this most recent season or you know the one that's coming up soon but um i read an article recently where the creator was saying that now that they've been doing these kind of like themed seasons it's kind of like refreshed their interest in the show and it's now kind of up in the air of whether or not they're going to actually end the series so that's kind of there's a little bit of hope that archer may continue on past 10 seasons here and when you consider the fact that the um, spy agency they were a part of was named ISIS, it's probably safer to keep yeah. going with that. Yeah, they <laughs> they had to drop that one for sure. Because <laughs> there's something else called ISIS now. Yep. Yep. Yes. So I also watched the movie Us. And I don't know. Have you guys watched Us? I'm going to see it this I week. Wish. I wish okay. I have not yet. I want to see it in the theater, but I probably won't be able to. OK, well, maybe maybe we'll get a chance to do a full review. So I'll, I'll try and keep my thoughts brief. But um, I will just say that it is really good. Really try to go see it in the theater if you can. If you liked 
uh, Jordan Peele's first movie, Get Out, you're going to like this one. I think it's better, a little scarier, although I would nice. still have a little trouble calling it a full on horror movie. I would still say it's more of a thriller, but it does draw on some more of those kind of like horror movie, you know, visuals and tropes that you might be a little familiar with. So it's it's closer to the horror genre than Get Out was. Really good, though. Highly recommend it. Go out and see it. Yeah, and my wife is out of week out of town this week, and she tasked me with watching this at some point <laughs> to see if she could handle it because she doesn't really do horror. But yes, uh, that's kind of a good thing to hear that it's not really really horror, but at least scarier than Get Out. I feel like Get yes. Out was marketed as horror, and it wasn't. I mean, it was horror, but it wasn't really like scary scary horror. You know? Yeah, it was. A, it's a different kind of like yeah, exactly. You know, it's a different kind of scary. I don't know, guys. That party scene in Get Out was was the, hor- the scariest scene in the whole movie with those white people. Yeah. And oh, I man. was I was in my seat, and it was like someone was twisting a knife in my chest watching that. It was so painful. Yes. So that was probably the most horrific scene I've seen in a horror movie in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also just started watching Boston Legal. And that one came to I think this one's on Amazon Prime now. And that's a series that my wife and I have been wanting to watch for a really long time. Courtney is really into the kind of like courtroom drama series. And I'm really into William Shatner. And so I was like, oh, this will be perfect for both of us to watch together. (laughs) Match made in heaven. Exactly. But um, (laughs) we've never been able to uh, just like make a point to watch it. So now that it's on Amazon, we're out of excuses. We finally started sitting down to watch it. And I'm only like two episodes in, but so far I'm I'm pretty hooked. I, I think it's really good. Uh, so, yeah, that's about it for what I've been playing and what I've been watching. Hey there, this is Travis from Truthful Ghost Radio, and thanks for listening to the show. If you like what we're doing here and want to help support us, I encourage you to head over to Truthful Ghost and click the little heart at the top of the page. You can help us fund the important work of this podcast and Cheerful Ghost by supporting us on Patreon, which is a site for funding the things you love. If you fund us at a member level, you get awesome benefits. So head over to CheerfulGhost.com, find what funding level works for you, and support Cheerful Ghost on Patreon today. Grunge is a good look for you. Did you have a rough day, Agent Fury? According to Google, Captain Marvel is an extraterrestrial Kree warrior who finds herself caught in the middle of an intergalactic battle between her people and the Skrulls. Living on Earth in 1995, she keeps having recurring memories of another life as U.S. Air Force pilot Carol Danvers. With help from Nick Fury, Captain Marvel tries to uncover the secrets of her past while harnessing her special superpowers to end the war with the evil Skrulls. All right, let's start off with our thoughts on the movie. Travis, why don't you uh, kick it off for us? Yeah, there's been a little bit of controversy about this. I'm not going to get into that, but I can just say that I am more in tune with what the critics are saying than what the viewers are saying on sites like Metacritic and stuff like that. Um, And I feel like even the critics kind of judged it a little harshly, but overall, this was exactly... the haters. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> you yeah, know this was who a, I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Yeah, right. I, I, I here, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to them for a minute. Hey okay, guys, you listening? Because it's all it's all guys, pretty much. All right, guys, listen, <laughs> listen up, listen up. There's probably there's probably some women, but mostly men. Okay, Brie Larson is a human who's perfectly. It's perfectly acceptable to have an opinion that you don't agree with. She can even say things in ways that you guys don't like. That's okay. People are going to say things in, war- in life that you aren't going to like want to hear. They're going to say things that you might not even agree with. And it's okay. She's a cool actress. She's got an opinion. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. It's sad that in 2019 I have to say that. Right? <laughs> that I have to say that it's okay for someone to have an opinion that you don't like. It could even be a little saucy. Who cares? Who cares? Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Let them have it. Here, here, here's, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. When you like get upset because someone says something you don't like and then you band together and you go on a website to review a film you've not seen yet, you're a tool. (laughs) I'm sorry, but you are. I don't have a problem with people reviewing a movie that you've seen that you don't like. But if you go to a site and brigade it to give it a terrible rating and you've never even seen it. And I know a lot of you Metacritic guys did that because the movie wasn't even out yet. And believe me, you weren't on Disney's list to see the movie early. I guarantee it. That's just haterism. You guys need to like like don't do that. It's 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 bad. But one of the things that's good about what happened there is Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes are building systems to make that kind of stuff never happen again. One of the negatives to that, though, is it might actually silence actual critique of movies that are terrible. So don't do that. But if you are going to do it, they're just going to build systems to make it so that you can't do it anymore. But again, it's perfectly acceptable for people to have an opinion that you don't have. And they can even say it in ways that make you feel uncomfortable. But that's that's called freedom of speech, guys. And it's fine. It's totally cool. And you don't have to go see the movie. Who cares? It made a million bucks even if you didn't. All right. I'm sorry. Who was, who was talking? To <laughs> I'm getting off my soapbox. <laughs> I salute you, sir. <laughs> yeah. It, it was really everything that I wanted out of it. It was it was a solid movie. I mean, it's it doesn't rank among the best MCU movies, but it was not. I didn't have any strong complaints or any complaints at all that I can remember about it. Uh, one of the complaints that I saw was that Brie Larson's acting was wooden, but I don't. I didn't see it as wooden. I saw her delivery of humor as very deadpan, and I love deadpan humor, and it really nailed it for me. Um, and I, I I loved the setting of the '90s. And the soundtrack, oh my god, the soundtrack was amazing. It was all just this amazing Nani's music. And seeing seeing Coulson and Nick Fury as younger versions of themselves and finding out how Nick Fury got the scar on his eye and lost his <laughs> eye. Like the it was full of fan service. It was pretty good fan service. It didn't feel heavy-handed. And there's a few different like bait and switch things that happen in the movie. And I loved all of them. I thought they were really done well. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what Captain Marvel adds to the rest of the MCU going forward. And we'll get into it a little bit more, but I think she's going to have a pretty big role in Avengers Endgame, which is going to piss off those haters that John just smacked <laughs> down. But that's okay. Cause fuck the haters. Yes. Yes. Okay, um, before we go any further, we probably should have mentioned this earlier, but um, uh, spoiler warning, 
let's throw that out so that we're we're free sure. to kind of discuss this movie a little bit more. So from here on out, spoiler alert. If you want to watch the movie before you hear any of these spoilers, stop now. But then come back and listen to us because we 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 love you and we want you to listen to us. <laughs> So good call with that. I was about to ask if I could go into spoilers here because um, I think the way they kind of show you that the scrolls aren't the bad guys and the Kree are the bad guys. But we kind of already knew the Kree were the bad guys going into it because we've seen the other MCU. Movies, yeah, especially but. when they brought in um, Ronan, the accuser. Right. When he's, exactly. Yeah, he's the villain in one of the other movies. <laughs> so we know he no, sucks. I, I was thinking at the beginning, maybe this is before the bad Cree took over. Maybe these are good guys, but yeah. no, no, they were just brainwashing Carol Danvers into thinking that she was fighting for the good guys. And yeah. I thought that was handled superbly. And I love that Ben Mendelsohn can finally play a non-evil character, even though he's presented as an evil character at first. He was so good as the bad guy in Rogue One, and it's it was good to see him kind of start off as the bad guy in this and become the good guy, one of the good guys. I, I I'm a friend of mine had some theories about how we're gonna find other people who are already in the MCU that are secretly scrolls living on Earth. So that could be interesting. That's that's oh, one that could be interesting. Yeah, go. yeah. Because I guess there was that spaceship with all of the uh, the scrolls there i guess it's possible a couple of them could have like you know migrated down to earth and just uh you know mixed in with everybody secretly yeah interesting all right john what about you my wife and i had a great time watching captain marvel in the theater we um got my mom to watch my son and we made a we made an afternoon of it and it was it was great it was really fun to see it with her so um, Captain Marvel's not a great movie, but it's it's I'm sorry, it's not the best movie ever, but it's a good movie. It's fun. I like how it fits into the MCU and I and I don't think it did anything prequely wrong or anything like that. It's got a few twists and turns, like Travis said, that I didn't really expect. And to me, the standouts in the movie are Brie Larson, Sam Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn knocks it out of the park. Sam Jackson is he's amazing as always. And I think Brie Larson is an is, is a really solid lead. Um, she creates a character in this movie that I really cared about and that I really want to see. And I think that um, it was a really solid movie. So nothing I'm going to say in my critiques of the movie should take away from the fact that I thought it was a really solid movie. It was really good. It was pretty I did say it's pretty, you know, mid pack Marvel, but there's a lot of fantastic uh, movies. And so I'm going to talk about a few of my critiques, if you guys don't mind, of the film. OK, go for it. Cool. So I think my biggest critique of the movie is that I think when I think of the best tier Marvel films, I think about the movies that have the deepest and sort of voice. And I think that you, when you think about like the third phase that we're in right now or fourth phase, or I, I don't know. I don't know about that, but like late phase Marvel films, the ones that stand out to me have a really unique voice. You've got Thor Ragnarok. You've got Black Panther. You know, you've got um, Infinity War and these movies are all really different, but they also bring something really unique to the table. So I think that my my biggest critique of Captain Marvel is I'm not really sure what the film's voice is. I really liked how it talked about Carol Danvers being a pilot, you know, and overcoming a lot of her challenges in the Air Force and dealing with some misogyny and, you know, dealing with how people view women. And I thought that was some really strong stuff. I kind of wanted to double down on that more. 
Um, and, and I felt like the movie tonally was just kind of, it, it, it didn't seem to have a huge pers- not, not that it didn't have a perspective, but I just kind of wanted it to be more of itself, I, I suppose, and less of kind of just an origin story, I suppose. And I, and, and I think that's really just my biggest critique of the movie is I wanted more, I wanted more style there, you know what I want? I wanted more of a voice, uh, for the film, but it was great. And, and I really enjoyed it. Travis mentions there's a lot of MCU fan service. I think this could be called the MCU fan service movie, <laughs> but, but it has to be in a way because it's, it's a prequel, right? It's back in the nineties, right? So you if you love watching agents of shield, you got Coulson back, you know, and he looks, yeah. he looks like a CGI robot or whatever. And you've got Sam Jackson as a younger person who looks fantastic, by the way, is CG like that. Just, he just looks so great in it. You've got, um, you know, you've got like references to Blockbuster. You've got other kinds of MCU f- references and that kind of thing. So, you know, how did Nick Fury get his eye? It's ridiculous how he got his eye patch, but it's fun. So I didn't mind, you know, I didn't really mind that. I, I think that. Yeah. And I, so all that fan service stuff was a lot of fun. And I think the movie is stronger because it exists within the MCU. I think that if you take away how it exists as part of a larger whole. I just think this might be an average movie that, you know, didn't really resonate so well with me, but because of Brie Larson's character, because I know how well she's going to be using the movie and because I thought the movie was pretty good. I am really excited for her character. And like you, you all have said, she's going to nail an end game. She might actually, you know, I, I think we're going to get a, a version of her character that sort of continues on with what she's been doing in this movie. It's going to be fantastic. I think she's going to show up in other movies. It's going to be fantastic. I think, um, based on this movie, Captain Marvel two is going to be even better because, you know, they've gotten that sort of universe building done and they can just double down in her character and her swagger that I think she brings so well to this film. So really excited about Endgame and that kind of thing. Um, and it was a fun movie. It was a really fun movie and uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a really fun movie. I, I agree that this is kind of like in the middle of the road. There's a there's better like standalone Marvel movies. There's definitely worse. Um, I'd, I would say I'd kind of place this one more and like more favorably than some of the kind of like middle of the road ones like your, your Ant-Man or, or something like that. But um, I can definitely see where you're coming from. I don't get that Brie, you know, the complaints about Brie Larson's acting because I'm kind of with Travis. I saw that as sort of like a deadpan kind of humor. And I thought it was, mm-hmm. you know, I thought it was funny and that she did a good job. But I also have a soft spot for Brie Larson ever since uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So I could be <laughs> yes. biased in my opinion. She was also fantastic in room in the room. Um, or, and, or, or just room actually not the room. Um, and she's really good <laughs> in that, but I also think people are forgetting that her character is also dealing with like memory problems, right? So she's, she's not, she's like a qu- quippy and funny, but she's also dealing with, she doesn't even know who she is. Right. So she's yeah. kind of confused in a way. So I think that she really took that personal state to heart and sort of acted in that way and i think people expect from the mcu you're either like you know to play a caricature like other actors have played a character right like they're expecting like a straight up tony stark or doctor strange but she's playing it really different and i think that people didn't sort of appreciate that as much um and i did uh quite a bit i thought it was really good i liked how she focused on it being different yeah 
I agree. I also really liked that they uh, they kind of leaned into the whole girl power aspect here. <clears throat> when I saw this movie, I went with my wife and my two daughters. And, you know, it was not lost on me that this was the first Marvel movie starring, you know, uh, a, a woman character where her being a woman is kind of key to the plot. And my favorite part of the movie is when she blasts the the villain at the end there and it's just like i don't have anything to prove to you (laughs) that was a really epic moment the way that jude law was hamming that up i'm like please just blow it blow him away in the face just shoot him in the face (laughs) he was just being such a dick and i'm like just shoot him in the face please yeah that was uh, that was a great moment probably the the highlight of the movie for me but um, overall, it was it was a lot of fun. I really like her character. I really look forward to her being in the next Avengers and seeing how she interacts with all of our, well, <laughs> with roughly half of our, our, you know, MCU cast here. Oh, and Travis, you mentioned the music already, but yeah, it was incredible. I also really liked the fashion. Brought back a lot of memories. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was just like living through high school again, seeing all those like flannels tied around the waist and stuff like that. It was <laughs> yes. great. My only complaint is I wished there was more Coulson. Okay. Prove you're not a scroll. That's a photon blast. And? A scroll cannot do that. I'm just supposed to take your word for that. All right. So let's talk a little bit about how it fits into the MCU and Avengers Endgame. So just to kind of, I'm sure anybody listening to this podcast is probably familiar enough with the Marvel Universe, but just in case you're not in the, like, you know, the grand scheme of things, the timeline for this movie takes place in the 90s, which places it in between um, Captain America, the very first one, before he gets frozen, and Iron Man 1. So this is... It's right in between there, probably almost exactly in between those, I guess. But um, yeah, and then uh, as far as like Avengers Endgame goes, we don't know what Carol has been doing this whole time. They kind of allude, you know, that she's going away. But uh, I don't know if it would have taken her this long to find a new homeworld for the for the Skrulls. But she obviously comes back and we see in the movie how... Um, Nick Fury gets the pager that can kind of call her home. Not sure why she or why uh, Nick Fury hasn't tried to use it up to this point, but maybe can we'll we can get we, some answers. Yeah. Okay. So about that. All right. So I loved how, like I said, this movie is way stronger because of how it ties in the other films. And one of them is the pager, right? She gives them like only for emergencies, except. Okay. <laughs> Except there's been a couple emergencies. Yeah. What especially the events of Avengers 1. <laughs> Just the yeah. first Avengers. It's like, nah, they got this. It kind of makes it. me think that I, I really want just like a short film. It could be like a bonus on the DVD <laughs> or something. You know, his rationale for not calling yeah, her or, in. Or even better, like every time there is an event in the MCU where he should have called her, you see him yeah. like trying to call her on the pager and she's off doing something else. It was like, sorry, can't right. take your call. 
Right. So this suffers from the prequel problems, but it's all nerd stuff and I'm totally fine with it. It's it's not that big of a deal. I think Captain America solved it better because he was frozen in ice. He can't do shit. You know yeah. what I mean? He's like he's in there, but they did the same thing with her. They're just like, yeah, go. she's like, I'm going to go away for a while. <laughs> I'll be back. And apparently she doesn't age or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Tim, uh, you so at the end of the movie, um, the first post credit scene is basically one of the coolest parts in the whole movie because it's straight up a scene out of Endgame, which I was like, oh, they're doing it. Yeah. Yes. And so you guys want to talk about that scene, Travis? Uh, why don't you explain that scene uh, and all of its glory? So it's been a while since I've seen the movie, but just to confirm, you're talking about the scene where like they're all looking at the pager wondering yeah. what the hell it means. And then she yeah, shows yeah. up there like, where is Fury? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, yeah. where's Nick? I was just like, keep going. Don't stop. Yeah, I know. I know. I wanted more of that because <laughs> I know. I know. Like it's it's the exact tie in that we were hoping for. Really, I know. Because That's exactly of, right. Like the very last scene of Infinity War sets up Captain Marvel and then the very last scene right. of well, that that mid credit scene is like, all right, we're tying it all back together now. I know. I can't wait to find out where, she, like, like you said, why she didn't, why Nick didn't call her for Avengers if we ever find that out. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wanted more of that as well. Yeah, so I, I think that the movie ties in really well. And I think that they have the pager in there, which, you know, explains sort of the um, Infinity War tie in. And I don't really I mean, I don't think they have to sort of explain where she's been. It's just kind of one of those goofy prequel things. Um, I think there are bigger problems in the Star Wars prequels, but I don't even want to get into that discussion. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this movie <laughs> introduces quite as many as that. But except um, for episode one, which is your favorite of all time. <laughs> going to just walk right by that one. <laughs> yeah. And I also. I've watched, you know, I I mentioned before that a friend of mine had some theories about other people that might be scrolls. And we saw in the Marvel Agents of Shield trailer, the most recent one for the upcoming season that Coulson is going to be playing, he's going to be back, but it's not the same character and I'm kind of wondering if there's going to be like a not Coulson scroll that's playing Coulson for the season just to kind of fill his role since he's missing. Oh, so yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I did see that he's playing a new character in the new season. That's, yeah. that's an interesting theory. And I can kind of tie it back to his. So Greg in. Clark is in it, but he's not playing Coulson. Yeah, he's it's supposed to be right. a new character, but it's. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like he's he's I guess he's exp- I can't remember exactly what it was, but he's explaining Clark Gregg himself explained that he was kind of Coulson, but not Coulson. It's, it's a different character, but also kind of Coulson. So. Huh. All right. Well, yeah. that's cool, man. Awesome. Yeah. Glad he's working. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> awesome. That's great. You have to let go of the past. I don't remember my past. Control it. All right. So let's talk just a little bit about our favorite MCU origin stories. John, would you like to kick it off? Yes, I would. So there is no question that my favorite MCU movie is Iron Man. And that also happens to be my favorite MCU origin story. I'm sorry. It's it's a great film still. I think it still holds up um, and that kind of thing. So absolutely. 
Uh, I think my second favorite, and there's only four. I only put four films on here um, because I just was thinking of the ones that I really enjoyed the most. So the second one's Doctor Strange. I really think that is a fantastic origin story for Doctor Strange. Just thinking about being a hotshot doctor, you know, and then losing your hands. And, oh, man, Benedict Cumberbatch is so great. I I just really like it. It, That movie, honestly, when I rewatched it, kind of reminded me of Batman Begins and The Dark Knight a little bit, just in tone. Um, Definitely has that Inception um, feel to it, you know, with a lot of the scenes and everything. So I I really enjoyed that. And I think third on my list is Ant-Man. It just had such a fun world and it was goofy and a lot of comedy and such and i really really enjoyed it and then i think my fourth top mc origin story is captain marvel it was really good it was memorable i I enjoyed it it sort of was doing some some fun stuff and i loved all the fan service and tie-ins and everything i thought it was a really really solid movie i can't wait to watch it again so top four mcu origin stories are iron man doctor strange Ant-Man and Captain Marvel. 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 Yeah, two words. <laughs> All right, Travis, what about you? All right, I have basically a full list here, and I'm going to start from the bottom and go up. Um, <laughs> and I want to start with some defense of Hulk, honestly. Ooh. I feel like that's... So like, bad. I, it's so bad. I feel like it's probably the worst. I mean, okay, no. It's easily the worst of the MCU movies easy but i still like it and i think that the character of the hulk himself i feel like he's gotten more he got more depth in that movie than he has until thor ragnarok i feel like thor ragnarok really nailed the hulk but the avengers was pretty good for him too i thought yeah yeah it was pretty good but i felt like they there were some snoozer parts of that movie but the the hulk himself was really well portrayed in that so yeah, it's at the bottom of my list, but I still I don't think there's a single MCU movie that I would give lower than a rad. Hulk is Stanley bless you, Travis. Stanley it bless was, you. Hulk, Hulk might be a meh, but it's probably a rad rad. Um, and then above above the Hulk, they're honestly all must watches. <laughs> um, I go next up with Thor. I thought it was a great fish out of water story where they were treating him being this bumbling idiot almost like he's a God, but he doesn't know what the hell's going on on earth. And it's hilarious, but I, I did enjoy that. Um, right above that, I have Ant-Man, which yeah, I, again, these are all so hard to choose where they even go. This could change at any moment, but um, Ant-Man was just hilarious. And I thought they did a great job of setting him up and like pushing that, forward i i I think there was some i don't know i think ant-man 2 was probably a slight step back but not by much and i think like you said last time we recorded john i think ant-man 2 suffered from coming right after infinity war it was such a big change in tone but right above that i've got dr strange and i pretty much agree with everything you said about it john it's fantastic uh benedict cumberbatch plays it so well um, then I put Captain Marvel right above that. And I know this next one, John, you're going to disagree with me strongly. Iron Man right above that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. I, I mean, think as you, an Iron Man is better or worse? 
Uh, that Iron Man is one, two, three, four, five down on my list of MCU origin stories. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. You can yeah. be wrong. I, we're still friends, Travis. <laughs> we're going to be friends for a long time. <laughs> I think if you take into account the fact that Iron Man was the movie that started the entire MCU and it had so much on its shoulders to pull all that off that it bumps it up quite a bit. However, just as Favreau a matter of... worked a magic trick. Yeah. Yeah. The, just, just as a matter of watching it and enjoying it, though, I put it pretty much middle of the road. Um, right above that is guardians of the galaxy, which is, it, it was such a refreshing change from everything else that we had seen so far with, you know, an entirely new place for everything to take place, which was, you know, outer space. It was a lot of fun. And, um, I'm really glad that James Gunn is back for guardians three. I'm so looking forward to that. Right above that one is Captain America, which uh, rewatching it again through this last time has I think that's probably up there in my like top five or six of all the MCU. It is such a good movie. I I think it's kind of been kind of gotten cooled over time with people. They don't seem to appreciate it as much. But for some reason, that one has always stuck with me as one of my favorites in my number two slot. I have what is probably the number one movie of the MCU, which is Black Panther, which we talked about that in our review. It was it was so beautiful, so well done. It, it's probably my favorite MCU movie, but I put Spider-Man at the very top of the origin stories because of how they handled the fact that it was an origin story without even really showing it. Like basically, all the science of how it all happened was explained in conversations with Peter's friend, and I thought that was such a great way to say, you know what? We've had Tobey Maguire. We had Andrew Garfield. You know what this is all about. So we're going to skip all that. And yeah, I know he, he came up in Civil War before he showed up in his own movie. But I feel like that really hammered it home really well that, you know, we're doing an origin movie that's not an origin movie. And I thought it was really well done. I really agree with what you said about it being really well done and origin, but not origin. It wasn't on my list because I was like ultra nerding and realizing his origin wasn't civil war. So I didn't put it on my list and apologies to Wakanda. I totally forgot about black Panther. <laughs> like it's so good. It definitely would be really high on my list. That's just unexcusable. I apologize to the entire country of Wakanda. I'm really sorry. Black Panther is incredible. You're totally right. <laughs> now see i i left off both spider-man and black panther from my list because you could argue that their origins were in civil war yeah yeah so yeah, i, I really was kind of a being a little pedantic a lot, yeah. here and uh leaving them off that and you know like kind of like you said travis uh, spider-man homecoming is not entirely an origin story like he kind of talks about it a little bit but by the time the movie picks up like he's already spider-man and, and kind of has yeah. been for a, a short time yeah you could make that argument that civil war was kind of kind of broke the two of them as yeah. <laughs> having their own origin stories all right so my list is it's actually very similar to john's um at the very top it's iron man uh, i mean not only was it the origin story for you know arguably the the biggest character in the MCU, but also the entire MCU. Like, it set the stage for all the movies that came out after it. Underneath that, I, I have Captain America. 
because, and I, I this is going to be a controversial stance here, but I like my heroes to be heroic. Mm-hmm. It's not very often that you get a hero these days where, like, they're intentions are actually altruistic you know steve rogers wanted to just help like he he saw that the nazis were a problem and he wanted to fight them just because they were the bad guys and he kept going back to try to get recruited yes even after he got turned down like over and over it was it was great such a wholesome hero yes exactly and you know you could definitely like argue that he made the wrong choice in civil war and that's fine but i still think it came down to like that his intentions are that he's just wanting to do the most good and the reason he takes the actions that he does in civil war is because you know he thinks that he can do more good making the decisions than you know putting these kind of like government people in charge because Oh, I'm totally team cap in Civil War. Yeah, which is funny because in real life, I would be like, no, accountability. Like, you need to, like, have... Team Iron Man over here. Yeah. So, you know, in real life, I would definitely choose the opposite way. But given the captain's history, like, with how S.H.I.E.L.D. fell to Hydra and all of his other problems that he's had and the kind of disillusionment he's had with with America, like, I totally am team cap. And I think, you know, he made the, the right decision there. But I appreciate that people, John, could argue otherwise. So I think within the context of Civil War, I mm-hmm. would say that I would definitely have sided with Iron Man. In the context of Avengers Endgame, I wouldn't have. And there are points in Civil War where I think, you know, it's getting less and less cool. But by the time end, uh, sorry, Infinity War rolls around, that um, general dude or whatever wants to arrest Cap. And he's and it's at that point, it's like, screw him. You know what I mean? (laughs) Definitely. But I think everyone's like, screw you at that point. So, I I mean, I think that, you know, it it's not a bad idea to have checks and balances. And it's in the context of Civil War. I think it was way better of a choice. And then, of course, in Infinity War, it's way worse of a choice, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And part of what like really sways me on that is the fact that it's just the U.S. government pretty much. And like if it was like a United Nations thing and like they had some sort of proper system set up, but they were kind of shown throughout all the previous MCU movies that they're kind of incompetent when it comes to superheroes and they would handle them poorly. So that's pretty much why I was on team cap. Agreed. So next, anyway, sorry to derail. Oh, no, 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 discussion that's, there. that's fine. So right after, right underneath uh, Captain America, I'm going to put guardians of the galaxy because it still blows my mind that not only did that movie work, but it's like one of the best in in the MCU. I It's such a weird like movie to try and describe. And yet it works. It's hilarious. And it's it's just so good. Like I can't get over how good that movie is when it is so weird. Underneath Guardians of the Galaxy, I've got a tie between Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel. I really like both of those movies. I really like both of those actors. It's I I couldn't decide which one I like more. So I'm I'm kind of giving them the bottom slot on my top list here. And then that's that's all I've got. I've never seen anything like her. You think you can find others? She's just the beginning. You've come on. All right, so it is time for us to place Captain Marvel on the ghost scale. Travis, where would you put it? 
Well, I kind of gave you a spoiler when I said that I think everything except for like on the origin list, except for Hulk was a must watch. But yeah, I think this is a must watch. I think that it's not, you know, it's it's probably kind of middling MCU, but MCU is such a such a high bar that middling is still just fantastic. It's so much fun. It's got a lot of like MCU fan service and 90s fan service. If you grew up in the 90s and you want some nostalgia, that's there for you, too. And it's always great to see more Nick Fury and Phil Coulson. So, yeah, I loved every bit of it. And I can't wait for it to come out so I can watch it like 50 times. Yeah, I agree. It, it's a must watch for me as well. Uh, not only does it introduce an important character, it's going to be real important for the next Avengers movie, which, you know, let's be honest, is going to make all the money and everybody's going to go see it, even if it turns out to not be that great, <laughs> which I, I doubt that's going to be the case. But, right. you know, we'll find out in a little over a month. Um, yeah, it's, it's a must watch for me. John, what about you? I'm going to break things up a little bit and I'm going to give Uh-oh. three different ghost scale reviews here. Uh-oh. <laughs> the first one's going to be for me. Okay. This is John Dotson's review and it's rad. Cat Marvel's rad. I really like it a lot. I, I kind of like was what I thought with Ant-Man and the Wasp, but after I saw it a second time, I liked it a lot more. So I imagine I'm going to like Captain Marvel a whole lot more. That's typically how... Marvel movies hit with me. I either think they're pretty good and then I watch them again and I think they're awesome, you know, and that's typically how it works. So I imagine that's going to be the same. So I think it's rad. The second review is for people that are really into the MCU movies. You saw Infinity War, you've seen quite a lot or all of the Marvel films. And this is a must watch for you. You have to see how it fits in. It, you just, you have to, you've done it already. Like just keep going. Right. And then this is the movie for people that are like, I saw infinity war. I saw like a couple of Marvel movies and I'm going to see Endgame. Then probably you could probably skip it because it's not, it's, there's nothing in the movie that's required viewing for Endgame, Right. If you just have a friend say, Oh, say oh that's captain marvel or kind of explain it to you or whatnot and i'm sure the movie will even explain it in game or whatnot um you'll probably be fine but if you were confused in infinity war you're going to be probably way more confused in endgame so don't go see that but i'm just (laughs) saying for like three people for me it was rad if you love mc movies it's a must watch you just you've seen it already i don't have to tell you that and then if you kind of just going to see endgame then yeah i mean you could probably skip it because i don't think it'll be required but there'll be an amazing woman character who shoots laser beams out of her hands and you're not going to understand who she is but who cares it's a cool movie she shoots super weapons out of her hands and she can fly around and pew pew and it's amazing and she's got a mohawk sometimes and sometimes she doesn't and it's great it's awesome it's really cool so uh yeah captain marvel oh yeah yeah i'm going with uh a friend to see endgame who has not seen captain marvel and won't get a chance to i think i want to use your description there to catch him up like yeah she just shoots laser beams out of her hands and sometimes she has a mohawk sometimes she doesn't that's all you need to know <laughs> yeah well, and she's really cool and i imagine really there's powerful. uh there's gonna be a scene where one of the avengers is like who are you and then she'll be like oh, I'll have captain oh i'm marvel, sure there will be you know i shoot yeah. laser beams out of my hands and i'm friends with nick fury oh okay and then <laughs> yeah because you know. none of them know who she is none exactly them, yeah right
Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening. <laughs>